0: Testing, testing. Mom on. One two, one two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone pick a <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello, anybody there? Why are we here? figure it out together that's fun just to come play play in the podverse. first what are we doing this is the turning of the bones podcast hello welcome to another episode of the turning of the bones podcast i am your host colby marie welcome 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 How in the hell are you? I hope today finds you well. Amidst all this, uh, kind of just cosmic and global, possibly personal turmoil, chaos, and change. I, uh, am sitting here in my house, in my makeshift studio. Got it set up. Maybe for the last time I am in the middle of a, a move. I'm happy to report I found a lovely apartment for me and Lily to move into. It's a fourth floor apartment near an old place I used to live in. One of my favorite neighborhoods in Denver, Capitol Hill. It's got a lovely eastern-facing view. Good light for my plants, so I am very much looking forward to that. I'm hoping that today... Some of the chaos outside doesn't leak into the sound recording. There is so much going on on my street. I have been watching the landscapers across the street remove a huge bunch of earth. I mean, truckloads. Uh, They've worked concrete, cinder blocks. I don't know what they're building. I'm excited to see they've been building over there. The neighbors are having some painting done, and there are people in and out of that house. Neighbors on the next door to the the house where the landscaping is happening is having windows and siding done. The carpet in this house and the basement is going to get ripped out here in the next few days to make way for the new tenants. And just lots of change and upheaval. I mean, that's kind of... <laughs> microcosmic level, you know, zooming into my block, my neighborhood, but in the world, uh, might might feel a little bit overwhelmed. I know I know I do by what's going on in Afghanistan, the resurgence of COVID, increased hospitalizations, the potential of another lockdown. I just read that New Zealand went on a level four lockdown again, I believe yesterday. And so, I hope that hope that you're finding some level of peace, some level of rest, some level of support, some level of joy. And if you're freaking out, I think that's, uh, that's pretty normal. I know that I've had quite the month, quite the month, very challenging for my mental health. I've had some panic attacks. I've wondered if I've uh, slipped all the way back down the... Uh, trauma wormhole. I have to start over at scratch. I know that's not true, but it doesn't stop my brain from being a little afraid. So I, I found this poem that I'd like to start today's podcast off with. A really lovely poem uh, written by John Rodell. John Rodell, that's J-O-H-N-R-O-D-E-L. A friend of mine posted this on Facebook. Go check him out. Maybe has some books of poetry you can share. Always helps to support creators by sharing their content. So wanna give a shout out because this is a, a really beautiful poem and hopefully I can I can read it well and do it justice. My brain and heart divorced a decade ago over who was to blame about how big of a mess I have become. Eventually they couldn't be in the same room with each other. Now my head and heart share custody of me. I stay with my brain during the week and my heart gets me on the weekends. They never speak to one another. Instead, they give me the same note to pass to each other every week. And their notes they always send to one another, always say the same thing. This is your fault. On Sundays, my heart complains about how my head has let me down in the past. And on Wednesday, my head lists all of the times my heart has screwed things up for me in the future. They blame each other for the state of my life. There's been a lot of yelling and crying. So, lately I've been spending a lot of time with my gut, who serves as my unofficial therapist. Most nights, I sneak out of the window in my rib cage and slide down my spine and collapse on my gut's plush leather chair that's always open for me. And I just sit, 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 sit until the sun comes up. Last evening, my gut asked me if I was having a hard time being caught between my head and my heart. I nodded. I said I didn't know if I could live with either of them anymore. My heart is always sad about something that happened yesterday while my head is always worried about something that may happen tomorrow, I lamented. My gut squeezed my hand. I just can't live with my mistakes of the past or my anxiety about the future, I sighed. My gut smiled and said, in that case, you should go stay with your lungs for a while. I was confused. The look on my face gave it away. If you're exhausted about your heart's obsession with the fixed past and your mind's focus on the uncertain future, your lungs are the perfect place for you. There is no yesterday in your lungs. There is no tomorrow there either. There is only now. There is only inhale. There is only exhale. There is only this moment. There is only breath. And in that breath you can rest a while while your heart and your head worked their relationship out. This morning, while my brain was busy reading tea leaves and while my heart was staring at old photographs, I packed a little bag and walked to the door of my lungs. Before I could even knock, she opened the door with a smile and as a gust of air embraced me, she said, what took you so long? Uh, you can check out John Rodell at Johnrodell.com. That's J-O-H-N-R-O-E-D-E-L dot com. Yeah, and what a what a great poem. I mean I know that in my personal life lately I've been really challenged not to let my brain you know, to kind of make peace with my brain and my heart. I think I'm in a pretty big transition. You know, I think moving is a pretty natural time to bring that up or for that to come up. You know, things are a mess. Things are unpacked. You need to put order to things. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of how did I get here? Um, So it's kind of a... I mean, moving is kind of a fertile playground transitions. I've talked about them in the past. They're kind of a fertile playground for the mind to get away from you, the heart to get away from you, um, to live in fear. And for me, you know, I, (laughs) I love that poem, and I think my head and my heart kind of work both ways. I think in that poem it was the... You know, kind of one directional for each, each place, you know, the, the head looked forward and the heart looked back or vice versa. But I think for me, it really goes both ways. You know, my head really quite frequently looks back to see how I got here, to try to not make the same mistakes, to not feel the same pain, to not feel the, the discomfort or the challenge of a, a move or difficult decisions, um, the heart kind of looks forward and doesn't want to feel this pain again and works with the mind. So I think that was a really beautiful poem and a great reminder that during really challenging times, um, one of the things that you can always do is return to your breath. And the first time I heard about that was in yoga. Um, when, I, when I first started doing postural yoga, um i had an incredibly hard time breathing um, in class you know i was going to hot yoga classes i was doing poses and postures that my body wasn't used to uh, my brain was trying to figure things out and i i noticed that my breath would get really short you know as my brain became panicked or nervous you know am i going to pass out in this class it would say or oh my god i'm gonna die uh my breath would really shorten and it's a pretty common thing for people with anxiety you know you notice that your your breath is shortened um and the first time i heard it you know a yoga teacher would say you know focus on your breath you know your breath is kind of a it's a gauge for how you're doing, you know. Um, and if your breathing is short, you know, maybe back off a little bit. Uh, give yourself some patience and. Don't try. Don't try as much, don't don't do as much. Um, and so that was kind of my first introduction into this like concept of breath is a, a safe place to be. Um, I remember. In yoga, too, I'd also hear, um, you know, thoughts are going to come and go, and you can kind of watch them, but as one comes, you you can return to your breath and kind of let it go, and the thoughts kind of naturally dissipate. Um, You know, if, if any of you have perseverated or worried or had anxiety, you know, that's easier said than done, but... I think it's a really helpful reminder and it's been a really helpful tool for me during challenging times Um, kind of the balance between life and death I think is really the breath Um, I did the podcast on forming a relationship with breath and forming a relationship with aliveness and I think In this podcast, you know, it's really, you know, for me, it's been challenging to form a relationship with now, because now is uncomfortable, now feels a bit overwhelming, Uh, I don't know what's going on cosmically, I'm not an astrologer, but it feels like things have been getting sorted out on a big level. You know, a divine level, a cosmic level for a while. It feels like globally, you know, whether it's been the Trump presidency, environmental collapse, the war in Afghanistan, uh, social justice and Black Lives Matter, water rights for indigenous people, land rights. um, It's just been a lot. And I know that that has felt like the case for me personally too. I felt like there's been a lot of transition and upheaval in my personal life and returning to the breath has been, you know, kind of one of the safest places I can go. You know, my morning meditation practice, um, I've really simplified it you know, I've, I've returned to just focusing on the breath and trying to do what some yoga and meditation teachers have suggested is, you know, you kind of, it's like the breath is the sky and the thoughts are just clouds going by. Um, you know, and if, if this mystical stuff or if yoga feels really far away for you, uh, I have a therapist who gave me a breathing exercise. You know, I'd been meditating and doing yoga and I knew about breath um, for years, but sometimes I would forget it. And, you know, I've, I've moved several times in the last two or three years, there's been the pandemic, so I've needed some extra support. And I remember in one session, she gave me this technique where you breathe in for four seconds, you hold it for seven, And you exhale for eight. And on a non-mystical level, what that does is it removes the carbon dioxide from your body. So sometimes when you're breathing very shallowly, your brain isn't getting as much oxygen and you start to build up reservoirs of uh, Carbon dioxide in your cells and your muscles and your tissues, um, and that helps kind of that breath that four, four seconds in, holding for seven, releasing for eight, physiologically just removes carbon dioxide. So if if the mystical stuff is a little you know far away for you or feels a little out there, you know there is a very scientific and practical reason for returning to breath. Um, I tend towards mystical thinking, um, very active imagination, so it's really easy for me to access things in that matter. Um, It's kind of, uh, I'd say my default is to, you know, live in the clouds a bit and so if that's not your default if you're a little bit more grounded and you need some scientific backing um, it's really a matter of oxygen delivery so one thing that i have found super helpful for me in yoga is you move through these postures and the postures uh not always but usually cycle through some movement of having your head above your heart and your head below your heart Uh, a lot of yoga classes start in child's pose where you're kind of on the ground and your head's below your heart and you're taking deep breaths so you're starting from a place of a fully oxygenated body you're trying to take deep breaths you're releasing you're kind of letting that carbon dioxide go you're taking in fresh fresh oxygen that the blood becomes saturated then it goes to your brain uh when your brain has more oxygen it, it's more clear it, it it's it feels to me like it's at ease a little bit more and then as you do yoga you know you move through standing up or mountain pose or you move through downward dog where your head is again below your heart and it kind of for me uh it's like a like an oil change. (laughs) You know, it's like an oxygen blood recalibration. Um, And I'm not going to get too far into this. I'm not a qualified yoga teacher. I just have read and listened quite a bit. Um, But the twisting and the turning and the ways you hold your body are meant to like kind of flush out these stuck areas. And the way that your body flushes its system is with oxygen, blood, the lungs, the heart, the liver, and then your internal organs, your stomach, your microbiome, your circulatory system, and your brain all benefit from having uh, detoxified blood with higher oxygen levels. You know, if you've ever watched, a I don't know, a movie where somebody's in the ER and they're like, "Oh my God, their oxygen levels are dropping." You know, that's a that's a critical sign that things are going wrong, and so. <laughs> Even while I do this podcast, you know, pausing for a second to take a deep breath and then letting the words come out is, it's so helpful. Because if I, if I sat here with this microphone and I was in my head worried about what I'm going to say next, right, like in the poem, worried about the future, or my, in my heart worried about what I've already said and have I said it right, and did it make sense? If I don't stop and take a breath from time to time and go back to my lungs, then it's really hard for me to keep a flow, um, a verbal flow, kind of a calm, relaxed flow, which is kind of the goal of this podcast, is to create a place for myself and the listeners to come together, to get a break from the insanity, to connect to not feel alone and to be reminded that these things are always available for us you know i'm not sitting here in the position of having mastered any of this or being an expert or a teacher i am kind of self-reporting as i go along um, about the things that I'm trying today, about the things that are, I see going on around me. Um, because total transparency, I've, I've honestly been falling apart for weeks and weeks now. I've, I've had to reach out for help from my therapist, who was super helpful and gave me a juicy sentence that I think I'll do another podcast on once I've had some time to contemplate it. Um, I reached out to a a mentor and a friend, um, somebody who's been meditating for 15 years longer than me and who's been in and out of spiritual communities and who's lost friendships and developed friendships and continued to return to the the basic practices of breath. Um, And... I've kind of given myself a chance this week, you know, amidst the move and how much I have going on, to try as frequently as I can to return to one of the most basic things that I can do in this body, which is breathe. And... Some days, that's the best thing you can do. Um, I would like to get to a place in my meditation practice and my awareness and and my journey where I'm kind of always focused on the breath. I think that I have an increased awareness, you know, because when I started yoga, it was it was looking back on it, it was amazing how hard it was for me to breathe. Um, and as I I did yoga, I was off cigarettes at the time for about five years, and I, I started to realize that one of the largest reasons that I smoked was because it allowed me to focus on my breath. It I was pausing, I had a ritual, I had a routine. I usually did it outdoors with nature, so there was the earth and the sky, and, you know, I had a friend once say that, you know, each cigarette was like a little prayer, um, and I didn't know this at the time, I'm not claiming that it was some mystical experience every time I had a cigarette, most of the time when I'm smoking I'm just super anxious and it's hard for me to sit down and meditate or do some yoga or something, but... Um that relationship with the breath is going to be there all the time while I'm in this body and it's the most permanent thing um, I think all of the major religions or spiritual things I've come across in some way, shape or form acknowledge breath um very explicitly in yoga and some of the you know branches of the hindu tradition buddhism um i think maybe the holy spirit in christianity is actually the breath um that's a conversation for another time and a bit of a uh bit of a, I don't know, an insight, hot take, uh, intuition, who knows, maybe I can make those connections in a later podcast, when I've got some time to plan that one out and really write it. But I think that the breath, you know, returning to simplicity during chaos is kind of the only thing that has really helped me, you know. Um, that's not the only thing there are lots of things. I'm going to I'm going to correct that. There are lots of things that have helped me, but it's it's the most simple. It's the thing that I always have access to if I can remember it. And I've noticed the more I breathe, the more my head and my heart and my gut kind of make peace with one another. You know, before I start this podcast every week, I sit down for a short minute of silence to try to focus on my breath. And it's, it's, it's hilarious to watch my brain run away like, oh, maybe we should say this. What if we say that? Oh, no, it doesn't sound good. This should be wrong. And then my heart's like, what if we don't do a podcast and you fail? And then my brain's like, well, don't worry, I got you. What if we do this? And then my, my heart's like, well, that's not good. And it's just like this constant argument and i usually don't press record until i've had about 10 seconds of uninterrupted uninterrupted focus on my breath and focusing on that before i do this it's a it's a good reminder for me that my lungs are kind of the safest place for me to live Um. Like the like the poem said, there's only inhale and exhale. There's only now, and I won't go into it. But there are tons of uh, meditation or like I don't I don't know if it's kundalini. No, not kundalini. Um, there are tons of meditation practices that teach you different ways to focus on your breath. Maybe some of them are kundalini. Um, and there are a million ways to learn how to work with and develop your ability and your lungs ability to take in more oxygen which then in turn saturates your blood makes your brain feel better, makes your muscles feel better Um, you know healing from injuries it's all about blood flow and oxygen and most of the medicines we have are things that help the body increase blood flow and oxygen to hurt areas you know they, they don't the Western medicine system isn't like a bunch of nanotech micro computers that go in and like re-stitch together your cells. What does that is blood and oxygen, and I think it it works on a physical level. I think it works on an emotional level. I think it works on a spiritual level, and it's another one of those things that we all have in common while we're here. You know, we all have breath we're all a part of the oxygen carbon dioxide exchange with this planet and that's that's a pretty pretty fucking glorious thing you know and it's easy for the mind or the heart to kind of lose sight of that I know I do from time to time and so yeah with everything that's going on I think I'll keep this one short this week that you know the breath is always there like John Riddell said in the poem, waiting to welcome you home. Um, with no guilt or shame, you know, I don't think that that's here to make you feel bad for like taking a while to get there. It takes us all a while to get there. We're all on a slow and winding journey, home to our own hearts, home to each other, you know, home to uh whatever relationship with the divine you have um, we're all just kind of walking around here trying our best so thank you so much for trying your best thank you so much for just whatever you're doing today to take care of yourself to take care of the people around you to try to figure out how to balance that and yeah, I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I appreciate my listeners so much. This is a listener-supported podcast, so if you're getting some benefit from this, please head over to my Patreon, www.patreon.com turningofthebones. You can leave the price of a cup of coffee or a tea or a drink, um, and it really helps me. You know, every little bit helps like my grandma said, my grandma always—I think it was my great grandmother—who had these little wisdoms, uh, the little old lady wisdoms. Um, and my grandma used to say, "Every little bit help." Wait, every little bit helps," said the old lady as she peed in the sea. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much. Little shout out to my grandma, my great grandma. Um, everything helps, you know. Recommending this to a friend, leaving a review on iTunes, following me. Uh, all the stuff that you know us independent small creators and artists need to do and ask for to to continue to make these podcasts to write poetry to make music so thank you so much if you can't afford to do that please don't worry somebody else is helping you out this is a uh, pay it forward Uh, model based in community and kindness and helping one another so i hope you find something helpful from these you can go check out the website i apologetically have not had the time to write a blog post in quite some time with all the the upheaval in my life but i promise to return to it www.turningofthebones.com and yeah thank you so much i appreciate each and every one of you sending you love for your week uh, hug a friend pet a dog watch a bird fly look at a flower lay in the grass eat something delicious and take a breath just take a break just uh, try and focus on on breathing for a little bit when the storm seems to be swirling around you Is does for me and so many of my friends and the world in general sending love to all those who are suffering and just keep trying be well bye now